0: SAFM radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. And uh, let's welcome the captain on the line, Bongi. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us here on SAFM tonight.
1: Good evening and thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Bongi. Firstly, we saw a video of you playing netball at your place there. Is that how you're keeping fit during this time?
1: Uh, Yeah, I try to do um, quite a lot of different things. 21 days is quite long and Um, I think for me, training has to be fun so that I don't really feel uh, that much pain while training. So I've been really trying to get different ways of making it entertaining and I think it's been going well so far. So yeah, it's n- it's not every day where I have to train <laughs> like that, but that video was quite funny. When I posted it, actually, I looked at it before I posted and I was like, it it seemed funny than I thought it would. So maybe just share and let people see what's their real lockdown stories about.
0: No, definitely. it was great improvisation that you did there uh, to be able to still train at your place. Um, Is it a challenge, though, for players? Do they need to improvise and adapt to the times now uh, because of the nationwide lockdown?
1: It's really hard. I think... um Uh, Obviously, as athletes, we kind of have training programs to follow. And at this stage, obviously, if you can't have a facility to um, train or implement what's required in your training program, that's really um, challenging. And um, I think what I've seen with my trainings, uh, most of the time it's raining, you kind of have to be indoors. And with being indoors, um, probably if you have tiles on the floor, sweating literally it's very dangerous to run and um, to do all your exercises effectively so it, it's really quite challenging it takes a lot of guts and um, literally determination to still carry on and find ways of making things work at this time and um, because obviously you can't wait for 21 days to finish before you start your training program it's, it's a lot of time so yeah um it'll be good to see when all of this passes like how, how we Would be better people after this because it has to change a lot of things that's what i'm hoping
0: yeah and as a national team captain what message do you have for south africans during these uncertain times wongi
1: i think for me it's it's just about all of us really um trying to make people understand that this is serious coronavirus is serious and uh, people really need to try and, and, and implement all the strategies or uh, follow the procedures that are being put into place for all of us as South Africans or people in the world um, to follow, to try and and, um, obviously calm things down and and that we can go back on track and do things as usual. It's a pity that um, somehow most people will think it's a joke and the time When they realise that it's not, I think it will be too late. So it's very important that we all stick into the fact that we have to be on lockdown, we like it or not, so we can try and make sure that we can at least have this only 21 days inside and hopefully things can get better. Because if we don't um, really do what we need to do, like staying indoors, um, literally social distancing, washing hands as often, uh, often as we can, nothing will change. And if it doesn't, we might have to take a couple more days um, indoors again. So maybe it's just about listening and really taking things serious for once and and see where that can take us to.
0: We think you have an exceptional story, Bongi Wamsomi, that South Africans and young girls can learn from. You come from Hammersdale. You are captain of the national team. But for those not familiar with Hammersdale, what kind of a place is it? How would you describe it?
1: It's, it's quite hard to describe Hummersdale. I think um, when I grew up, there's quite a few things that uh, people might look back and, and think it, it, it's not the right place or it wasn't the right place to be. But I look at it now and I think um, one has to probably go past stages where you really have to just be yourself, take yourself out of a situation and try and be something better from that. And in saying this, I grew up in and in, in my head I was thinking... Everything that was happening there at that time was okay, and it was it was probably a way to live until then. obviously, I started doing sports and um, started traveling so much, uh, learning a lot of things outside my community. only then I realized, okay, maybe things can be better than it is um, back home but i I think it's quite just a, a township as usual, and um, there's nothing more that you can gain rather than what you yourself can do um, to try and change your situation or to try and be better, especially if you're an athlete. And um, in saying this, I I grew up in, um, obviously, in in Hammersted and a lot of, um, only the sport that I knew was mostly uh, football and netball. And in saying this, obviously, I basically finished up with playing netball and um, there was no other way. Uh, recently, during the lockdown, I realized I could probably um, dribble a ball, and and it, well, it didn't look like it could be hard. And in my head, I was like, "Oh, maybe because I've, this is what I've seen um, in my um, stages of growing up, so I could probably do it." I just never practiced, and I could only see now that I can.
0: <laughs> and how do you describe your family background?
1: Um, I think we are basically. I come from a very um, traditional family. My, I remember my dad used to have a um, Zulu dancing group and he was the leader there. And um brief of my story, I never was allowed to wear pants at home. We were very like, strict with um, tradition and, and part of you being a Zulu um, back home was I wasn't allowed to wear uh, pants at home. Oh. And when I started playing football, that was a little bit challenging because obviously I, I would wear shorts at some stage or long tights. And I remember once they just came back um, home with shorts and my dad was there. It was a mission. But anyway, gone past that. I think um, the way I grew up, it was just about home and just doing some traditional stuff. There was a lot of Zulu um, ceremonies that would be done at home, a lot of Zulu dancing that we would do. I can still do that, which is quite (laughs) interesting. I love it when I go back home and you start doing all the stuff that I'm used to doing, because most of the time, obviously, I'm not at home. So yeah. you quite miss um, that part of you um, along the way. So it, to me, it's so natural that I can go back to that. And it's still something that I mm. I get excited about. We're all different, and I really embrace um, the way I grew up in my culture.
0: And is it true that your mother worked at a clothing factory?
1: Oh, yes, yes. Um, for a couple of years, I can't remember which year she stopped. And uh, when she did, it was basically because we thought um, at home, we said she's, she's quite old now, she probably needs to relax and stay at home. And luckily at that time, we could all um, support her, all support each other, which was quite great. But um, for ever since I was born, um, she used to work at a factory. And I remember at one stage we were talking, and she used to tell us, used to, and 300 rands um, a week. And with that, obviously, at home, there's eight of us, and she will be able to look after us And with the help of my dad. Obviously, my dad passed away in 20, um, 2008, and even from after that, uh, she could still look after us. So um, it was quite a tough journey, which is, again, uh, the stuff that I look back and in my head, I'm like, I don't even remember this being a challenge. But now that I'm, and I'm an adult myself, I have to obviously look after myself, pay bills and things like that. I can imagine how hard it was for her or for both my parents um, to literally look after eight kids, um, any so little. So, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, and look how you've turned out. (laughs)
0: Look how you've turned out. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to continue tracing Bongi Wamsumi's uh, journey. She is the captain of the Spar Proteas netball team. For the story behind the action catch Tabiso Musiya, weekdays at 7pm. We are still in conversation with Spa Protea's netball captain Bongiwe Msomi. Let's go to the voice notes that have come through on 61 Evening Ptabisa and the team. I just like to say, this, Bongiwe, that she's a, an inspiration to many who young women, out there who has uh, the inspiration to become netball players, more especially who came from rural areas. This is Mandla Lazi from Chosini. Thank you, for your wonderful show. Thanks for that, uh, uh, Mandla and uh, Bongi. We had uh, that voice note there. Bongi, now growing up in Hammersdale, did you have those dreams of playing for the Proteas or was it a far-fetched dream considering where you come from or where you were at at the time?
1: Um, to be honest, I never really wanted to be a netball player at oh. all. When I, I always say tell my story, and most people would know. Um, I started only because I went to one of the training sessions with my neighborhood friends who played netball at my high school. And I was already in grade 11 at that time. Never had interest, and there were 14, 13 of them that they training. They needed one player um, to be able to play a full match. So I was just waiting on the side. They tried to play without obviously without a player, um, to sit in the position of a wing defense position in netball. And um eventually one of the girls asked the coach if if he could just put me in, in that position. At first he wasn't really happy. He did not <laughs> because I was he, he felt I was one of the naughty um um uh, students or learners in mm. high school and um Obviously, I wasn't, I hope. <laughs> uh, but anyway, then um, eventually that's how I started. And from there, it was a weekend. I remember he told me straight on Monday, you're going to come to training. So that's how I started. And um, until then, I never looked back. And I'm really pleased he made me play. It took me a while to really understand that I'm now a pro player and I have to uh, literally just get used to it. And he used to really give me a high day to make sure that I come to training sometimes because I would miss training and I would literally have no interest, but he made me want to do it until today I look at him as he is just my mentor and I'm really pleased that he made me play. I have so much respect for him. He supported me all the way. Like financially, he was just more of a father. When my dad passed away, I can honestly say I knew, I already knew I have a dad in him and, I'm really pleased for
0: what he's done for me. Wow. Is this coach Tembisom Nwabe? Yes. Uh, from Chief Lutai High School?
1: Yes, he used, he used to be my high school teacher. He still teaches there, and we both now coach um, the kids in Hammersdale. We've got two teams that plays in the Kediren Nepal Super League. We call them Hammersdale Sunbeams, so there's A and B, and the other girls are doing well.
0: Wow. I believe that he was also the same... Is it the same coach that bought you your first kit and used to give you transport money so that you can keep playing netball?
1: Yes, he's the one. And um, that was basically because, like I said, I wasn't allowed to wear pants at home when I started playing. And he gave me one of um, old netball kits that uh, the girls had worn before in one of the tournaments. Again, that was a mission. You would know how athletes or players would fight over playing kids' shoes and everything, and that was some of the stuff that literally made me want to stop. I was very shy and uh, not confident at all, and I wasn't really uh, ready at that time to take so much drama because of <laughs> sports, because sport was... It had nothing to do with my family, and no one really supported it at home at first. Until like, things started to get better, and there was this hope that maybe, maybe I could be something out of it. But he's been, he's been amazing until today. I know he still finishes work, um, walk down to a primary school where we all trained together, and he still stays there, finishes until like six, six p.m., half past six p.m. before he goes home literally almost every single day. And I think it takes so much determination and so much um, a dream for someone of his age to still do that. I'm I'm really pleased for the person he is for, not just myself now, but for all the girls that can learn so much from him because he's got the guidance. And I think um, him coming from... Obviously, rural areas as well, he's got ways of how he can control um, young stars. And I think the respect we have for him really um, helps in achieving what we want to achieve. And then
0: how did you then receive your provincial colours? Do you remember when and how you were picked for a Tequini or was it KZN?
1: If I can be honest, dates and, and all of that, I can't really remember. But I know when I started in um, 2004 playing Mm. netball, that year I played for etiwini Saga Games, which was a very big step for myself and my coach. Obviously, he was quite excited for that. And I think um, that's where I had to start thinking of I need to do extra work in terms of training because I was already 16 years old and I was very much aware of Um, how behind I was because most of the girls that I played with had already had the skill they knew how to play I would sit on the side sometimes and I would really admire what they can do and that I couldn't but he gave me so much time to be um, basically on the side we did a lot of ball skills Um, even after training we'll stay and he'll make sure I learn as much as I can I think that really helped as well but um, from that year uh, I think the following year I got picked for under-19's KZN, which mm. was 2005. And um, it went on 2008, if I remember correctly. I was picked for SA under-21's um, mm. team. Then in 2009, I was captain for under-21's um, uh, team that played um world cup in singapore in cook islands mm. which was one of the biggest um, milestones i think i can still remember really being scared of the fact that i was captain didn't even know what i was gonna say during the interviews <laughs> it was all nerve-wracking you would know if you come from Hammersdale. i attended at school fact is we would learn all the subjects probably in zulu i didn't have to speak english at school at all then i had to lead the team the country I had to speak in English almost every time it was yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, but I think from there i 've grown so much and it's just led to the person I am today and the journey that I've heard during that board. Its all started there
0: in twenty ten you were invited to the Proteus training camp. How was your first experience with the team? Did you make the team in twenty ten the senior team in 20,
1: in twenty ten i actually I was part of the fifteen mm-hmm. um that played a test series. I think it was Barbados that came to. Tan, if I'm not mistaken. It was nerve-breaking. I had never been so nervous um, in making a team like I was at that time, because I had just finished with the under-21s in 2009, 2010, then I now had to join the senior. Uh, there was one time where I can remember not even wanting to go and warm up with the team. Those things you can't even share with anyone because at that level, you're expected to be ready um, to take court when you can, or to be ready to just um, mingle with the team, be able to talk or do whatever um, that you can do at that time to be as good as you can be. But I don't think I was ever ready. Um, The mere fact that, I would train hard, obviously try and be ready uh, to join the big team. Helped me into being there, but I don't think mentally I was ever ready. But mentally, to be honest, it took me a couple of years. Even now, there's still things that I look back and I still can't believe it all happened, and um, I still can't believe I've gone so much or so far in netball because it's it's been overwhelming. It's been really good, and I'm I'm humbled.
0: And what have have been your highlights, Bunguwe, as captain now of the SPA Proteas netball team? After you, you were vice captain to Marika, and then you took over the captaincy.
1: If I can be honest, um, for me, every time being announced to represent my country, um, and even for World Cup last year, if I can make you understand. I I, I jump and I scream. I do whatever that I can do to show that I'm really excited because that's a highlight for me. I have so much respect um, for the sport and I have so much respect for all the netballers out there that really want to play for the national side and that are training hard probably to prepare and to having to go each and every year in trial and try to be selected and make a national team even besides being the k I think that will always be um, the highlight for me. There's lots, lots of netballers, and we know Nepal is big in South Africa to be chosen. Um, with the 12, 11 girls and you, the 12th one, to travel and represent your country, I think that's amazing, and I'll always look back and uh, be excited that I've done this a couple of years. I'm still doing it now as we are speaking because yeah. it is quite exciting and it takes a lot of hard work i know this because i know i've never even wanted once to go to a national camp without being ready and being ready takes a lot of hard work you know um obviously females have to work extra hard to get to be ready to compete and to be fit enough for a national level so i know how hard it it, it takes how, how hard um it really you really have to work hard for it
0: how then do you describe the experience of playing overseas because you've played um, overseas too?
1: Um, I think that um, alone besides playing for me has opened my eyes so much. I remember the first time I had to travel alone uh, to go and play for Surrey Storm yeah. in 2015. It was probably um, one of, I think it, was, it wasn't was worse, but it's something that I would say I've learned so much from it and I'll never forget. I was so nervous to be able to, to, travel, to think of traveling alone to go from South Africa to England, firstly. By the time I got there and I, I went to training, met, met the team, the, uh, the excitement in my heart of knowing that I, I'm, I'm, I met people that I've never seen before, I've never thought I would see before, and they were so welcoming. It was um, such professionalism in the group, um, then I realized that it's it's nothing to do with me, but it's about the team and it's about performance. It was more like um, business, if I can put it like that. Mm. So that for me was different because I know uh, we play a lot of netball in South Africa, but it never felt like it's business. It, it always felt like it's just I'm playing for fun I'm, I'm, because I love it, because I just want to play, but nothing to do with with um, this is work now you've got a contract you have to perform and these are one to three terms that you need to follow I've never felt like that mm-hmm. so I, I can say basically along the way travelling overseas alone getting there meeting people the confidence I've gained um, coming from there physicality obviously the level of netball um, in England especially back then um, obviously to coming back from home I think uh, in my head I had always known that I've I've seen I've learned so much that I should be able to encounter whatever that comes in front of me. And I've always had that mentality from since I've traveled a lot to go and play overseas. And I think there is nothing more that you that you can learn than being mentally fit or mentally strong um, from traveling and going to play sports um, overseas. I, I think that's changed almost everything. I've learned so much from that.
0: Finally, what can young girls take or learn from your story, Bongi Wamsum? Or what would you like them to take out of your story?
1: Um, Maybe because uh, I've been a teenager myself and I'm at a stage where I still play and I coach, I mentor some of the netballers. One thing I know that as young girls we can do or we easily do is to moan about stuff. I don't have one, two, three... Uh, no one will support me at home. I don't have um, my mom or my dad who ever passed away, so no one will look uh, will look after me. I think we have so much excuses. So it's easy to get something to be uh, worried about rather than worrying about what you want. So for me, it's always about know what you want um, to achieve, do something, work along those lines, just work for it, and then see who you can meet along the way to help you achieve what you want to achieve. And I'm saying this because if I look back at my journey, um, I can really be proud of the work I've done, of how far I've come. But every time along the way, there was always someone to support me throughout um, my journey. And I, I always think it's probably because they've seen the hard work I've put in as well. So maybe if you see what you want to achieve, you do the work to make you achieve that, someone out there is going to see that and really support you. So let's stop about um, trying to find excuses. Listen to your coaches, do the work. Eventually you'll pull through. There is no excuses in this in this life and it's only the chance that you get, you've got to grab it and use it. You can't really uh, delay things yourself and think maybe in two years' time I'll get the chance again. So try and use the chance now and do the right thing in trying to
0: achieve your goals. Great stuff, wongi It's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, tracing back your journey. You've certainly come a long way and you've made your mark in not only in the country, but um, on the world stage too. And I uh, keep going. And thank you very much for being able to share your story with us on SAFM tonight. Thank you so much for having
1: me. And
0: thank you to everyone that has been listening. Thank you, Bungi. Stay safe. Uh, that's the SPA Proteus netball captain, Bungi Wimsumi. Up next, we talk to
1: Cape Town City player Mpomakola.